Drop off the kids or put them to bed. Turn on Childish with real life friends and podcasting virtuosos Greg Fitzsimmons and Allison Rosen. Laugh about the struggles and joys of parenthood. Grow closer to your children. Learn something useful or not. Maybe feel less alone. And maybe even put the spark back into your love life. Childish is for people who are parents or had parents. If you had no parents, maybe check out WTF with Mark Marin. Subscribe to Childish. New episodes coming soon wherever you listen to podcasts. Childish, oh shit. Last time I checked, I was still a kid. Childish, childish. This all freaks me out a bit. Childish, oh shit. How can I pet when I'm still a kid? Childish. Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Hey everyone, hi, hello, it is me, Allison Rosen, and I am sitting here with David Burka. He is a chef, an author, a Broadway star, a television actor, a father. Hello, welcome. What an intro. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was torn between just reading the intro on your cookbook, which just came out, Life is a Party, which I really enjoyed thumbing through. Um, I was torn between just reading the uh, like your bio on the back because it really lays out all your credits, but then I decided to just uh, wing it. Right. It's yeah. There, I've done a, a a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, that's a little. It's a little little section of what I've done, which right. is great. But uh, yeah. Well, good. I'm glad to be here. Let's get to all that stuff and all the stuff that it doesn't mention. Fantastic. I love it. So, um, okay, I'm pretty into Fosse Verdon. I on haven't F- seen oh, it you yet. haven't seen it? Have it's good. It and yet. that, so my husband and I have been watching that, and then we started, want, we wanted to see all that jazz, and then we've started just like, I think I have a, a crush, a posthumous crush on Bob Fosse, is what I'm saying. But we've been watching a lot of Broadway stuff, and, um, the energy required to do that and to then find out. So you're, you sing and dance and act and all that stuff. And then also television. And then now you went to Cordon Bleu yeah. and you have a cookbook out. Are you doing all of this at the same time? No, 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 no. Um, I, you know, I was an actor, a Broadway actor and a Broadway dancer for years. That's what I, that's what I did when I graduated high school and I went to college. And then as soon as I graduated, I, I was in my first Broadway show within three months. And that was Amazing, and I love doing that. And and I moved to Los Angeles when my husband uh, got a TV show in Los Angeles. So we lived here for a little bit. And I thought, you know, uh, I thought I'd make it really fast because I got right out of the gate in New York when I moved there. And it wasn't so easy for me here in L.A. So I, you know, I was having the, not the best time of it, going out for stuff that I didn't necessarily want to do because, I'm, you know, I was a Broadway theater actor and doing a lot of Edward Albee plays on mm-hmm. Broadway and, you know, starting, uh, originating roles with him and going in for stuff that it was not, the scripts were laughable and I'd go in and I didn't even want to do it. Then I wouldn't get it. It would be disappointing. And it was a full circle of not being very happy. Did you have uh, a TV, an anti TV bias coming from Broadway? Not at all. No, I had done a bunch of TV uh, in New York, lots of commercials and some independent film and a few little TV things here and there. But 
it was just that I think because a lot of the big jobs are in done with packaging with different agents. And I was a good agency, but I wasn't in any, you know, place to star in a big movie. Mm-hmm. I get auditions, but never, you know, close to so many huge things, so many jobs, but never got the job. So then my mom called me and said they found a spot on her arm and she's going in for checkups and they found out it was leukemia and she had to go into chemo and she ended up dying within 20 days. Oh my God. And it was, cr- it was crazy. It was crazy. So I thought, oh my gosh, do I go back to LA and I'm miserable just acting uh, and get rejected and dealing with my the more and more my mother's death or or do I do something else? So mm-hmm. I I thought what else makes me happy? I love to cook. I love you know trying new recipes whenever I'm stressed or I I try out new things and uh, it's very therapeutic for me. So I ended up saying I'm going to go to cooking school and I went to the Cordon Bleu in Pasadena and it was a three year program and it was awesome. I loved it. And and I really took to it and I had a blast. And, and when I graduated, things started falling from the sky for me, these crazy big opportunities. Like what? Um, just ended up working with Mario Batali Mm -hmm. and then working with Thomas Keller and then friends of mine who are famous actors asking me to cater their parties. And then from there it grew, a catering company grew and grew and grew and grew. Um, so I was doing all these really great things and I never really pursued it. And it just sort of happened. And I said to Neil, you know, I wanted to raise our kids in New York. Right. Your husband is Neil Patrick Harris for anyone who does not oh, know. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yes. My husband's Neil Patrick Harris. So he, we, he ended up uh, ending How I Met Your Mother. And it was always the goal to go back to New York because mm-hmm. we met in New York City. And we wanted to raise our kids there. So so we went back to New York and I said, you know, if I get a Broadway show right away, I'm going to – I'll do that. But if if I don't, I'll have another baby and I'll just keep cooking and stuff like that. So um, – so within two months, I got a call from a producer that I worked with. Do you, you know, read the script? Which role do you want to play? So there was that. I started doing a Broadway show. And then I realized, oh, shit, I am missing my kid's life mm-hmm. because Broadway, eight shows a week is no joke. You don't stop. You know, the, I, I'm taking them to, to preschool and I see them for a little bit after school and then and I'm having to go to the theater all night and I'm not putting them down. So I was missing a big opportunity with them. And I thought, I can't, I'm only going to get this once with them. So I, I can't do any more New York Broadway theater or I can't go on location doing mm-hmm. anything like that. So I thought, you know, I was Instagramming at the time you know, recipes and ideas that I have that I cook for my kids and things like that. And I started getting comments saying, why don't you do a cookbook? You've got great ideas. So I thought, you know what? Let's let's do it. It's the time to to put together all these ideas that I have, and I could do it while they're in school, and still pick them up, and still spend time with them. And and it's a you know double whammy. And here comes life as a party, <laughs> which is which is where why I'm here now. I love what you say about entertaining and how transformative it can be in the book. I'm someone who. Um, rarely entertains i want like i feel like someday i will Mm -hmm. but i just i don't know the whole thing is overwhelming to me um do you guys entertain a lot we entertain all the time have you always enjoyed it i've always enjoyed it i've always enjoyed it i really i really love it i think and part of the reason i wrote this book i think is that you know right now we're in such a come you know in such a 
hard place with where the world is and and politically and and people are always on their phones and they're 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 not very social. No one's being social anymore. And I think it's a really good way for us to come together and make things together where it's food or parties. You know, being being together is such an important huge thing that I think we're missing out in life. Mm-hmm. And I think that I really want for anyone to get this book, I really am hoping to create special moments for people, memorable moments that they're never going to forget. And I think that's so fun and special to think that, wow, I could be affecting people in that way. Mm -hmm. So when you went to Cordon Bleu, Mm -hmm. what was, was it, yeah, what was the intention? The intention was just to cook for my kids because I mean, I knew that I was going to have children, you know, and I met Neil and we weren't married yet. But, you know, I told him kids or deal breaker, you know, mm. it's going to I'm going to have kids no matter what. So if you don't want kids, then see you later. But I knew that I'll be able to cook for my family and I'll have a skill. And, and that was it. That was all I was thinking. I wasn't intending on going to be a chef. I wasn't intending on working the line. I wasn't intending ever in a million years thought I'd ever do a cookbook. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm still hoping that I can get back into the uh, New York world or acting world. You know, some things come my way and, and things aren't hasn't been right uh the way they've sort of lined up, but mm-hmm. there it, it's still out there. The the community of of acting and and the business is never going to go away. And I think as I get older, the parts are only going to get better mm-hmm. and more interesting. Mm-hmm. Not the dumb best friend or the the gay best friend or you know kind of the vacuous roles that I kind of play <laughs> or played. <laughs> um, what did Neil also want kids at the beginning? Oh, I don't think he ever really gave it a thought. You know, I think he always thought that um, he always just thought he'd be alone. That's what he's told me mm-hmm. uh, and what he's told in other interviews. He never thought that he'd have a husband and settle down. And it wasn't really in the ether for him, you know, because he grew up as a child actor and in the business and always working. And and that wasn't something that I don't think he ever gave thought about. Mm-hmm. But you but always... he's an amazing dad. I mean, fantastic dad. So you... happy. You have two kids. We have twins. Yeah. Gideon and how old are they now? Eight. And Gideon and Harper. And they're in the book. Oh, I yeah. I love that. Yeah. There's tons of pictures of them. Right. So anyone who, I mean, first of all, get it for all the recipes, get it for all the party tips. Yeah. Um, there's 105 recipes. There's 300 party tips and 275 pictures. Which yeah. A regular really... cookbook has 75 pictures. But I had two photographers on the job, this woman, Amy Newsinger, who shot all the food beauties and the cover. And then I had a art photographer who's a you know she sells contemporary art and she's uh, almost every campaign you can see she's she's done Mm -hmm. she's a very famous good friend of ours she shot our wedding i asked her would you come in and and shoot the party scenes and with the 16 parties that are in the book eight of the parties i actually threw okay that's what i was so they're authentic all these pictures are real i mean there is no faking it there it's all we would have a snow day party in the morning with a bunch of kids and i'd always ask the kids who do you want to invite your all their friends are in it and then later in that afternoon i had a new year's eve party with you know 20 of our best friends and we're counting down the new year and eating fancy foods and it actually felt like new year's in february so it's all very authentic. I mean, you can see that we're all having a really good time. Right. I was going to say, it just shows how, how good you guys are at acting because you legitimately look like you're celebrating. But you're saying you were. We were. Yeah. And I, I asked my friends who were, you know, uh, you know, up for the game to, you know, 
play in the book. There's a and there's some celebrities and yes, and some, some fun little cameos from people that recognizable you might know. faces. Yeah. yeah, there's one. Okay, so there's a lot of pictures of tablescapes of the that go with the recipes of the food. Yeah, so on the, the way the way the chapters are it's it's a seasonal book so it's all seasonal cooking so anything that you can find throughout the year um dealing with the seasons and not necessarily you know christmas and new years but there are some quintessential uh parties themes in there but there's more celebrating everyday themes but the way it's broken down is that within the chapter of fall there are four parties and the way the chapters open the way that the themes open for the parties are double page spreads of the basic the tablescape of of what the party would be i'm trying there's one specific one that do you remember what it was <sighs> i know there was espresso on the table no i i don't remember what it was but it probably the there was a coffee one there's a there's a, it probably in the uh I'm trying to think. There's summer solstice has coffee in it. It's a, a ice cream sandwich. No, it's not that one. It's something where it looks like the shot was taken after most yes, of the food. Yes, that's which one is that? Fancy Q. It's not a. It's not a table spread. It's um. It's from the. It's it's towards the middle. That one right there. That's that's the party. But this is the beginning, and then you sort of see the end where the dessert is. Okay. So keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Don't. One more, I think. There you go. Yes. yes. Okay. I would like to know, what is the story of what happened this evening to you? Because it's great. It's very <laughs> compelling. Like, I spent a lot of time looking at it. There's a there's someone's stained shirt on the table. There's yeah. a br- Someone took their Lipstick. bracelet off. Yeah. The, I was very, very instrumental on how I wanted to tell stories in this book. And I mean, I, you can sort of see in the beginning the way the, the table is laid out. It's immaculate and beautiful. And it has all these peony, dark peonies and roses. And, and it was a living tablescape too. So there's figs on there and nuts and peaches and all sort of like at towards the end of the meal if you don't want to eat the fatty dessert you can grab for a peach or take a nutcracker and have some nuts or even during um but then it sort of you can sort of see the way it goes it's an outside barbecue fancy barbecue and then at the end it's it's that night where you know there's remnants of espresso here and the pie is half eaten and someone has taken off their jewelry Mm because it was too heavy yeah i love it because i you don't normally see that in a cookbook it tells a story. Right. I was really happy to tell stories in this book. And you can see that. that there's, it's living. It's breathing. It's, it's relatable. Mm-hmm. And I shot the book within a whole year. So usually people do a cookbook within a week. Um, so it's uh, – I shot it for every season. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to see the snow on the ground and the, the spring flowers and the, the autumnal leaves changing so it's very authentic right so something i've always wondered um how do you come up with and sort of troubleshoot recipes for a cookbook that was a tricky one because i'm a very instinctual sort of chef that just goes with takes ingredients and throws them in and and whips up something mm-hmm. um just by taste but it's really it's a this is my first real go you know go at for making recipes and you have to stop every couple seconds, uh, every couple minutes and write it down and the measurements. And then you try it out. And if it works out great, you redo it. Um, sometimes you do recipes three or four times. Sometimes you have to do them seven times. Um, you know, Ina Garten taste, uh, she tests 
her recipes at least seven to eight times each. Wow. All the time. I mean, that's why she's the queen. I mean, it's unbelievable. Two AT. She, every single thing. That's why you see like two cups plus one and a half tablespoons. <laughs> right. You know, it's very, very incredible. Um, but it was, it was a little difficult. It, it's, it's a different sort of way of doing it. But once you start doing it and I have, I have a really great, um, girl who helps me write all this stuff down mm-hmm. while we're cooking and, um, she works with me to write it down and we come up with the, with the recipe that we write. Is there, I mean, the book is really, it's very, there's a, a whole bunch of different recipes in there. Is there something that is your specialty or your trademark? Not re- you know, it, it, this is still fairly new for me. So I, I, I think some, a lot, I've done a lot of TV and, and one of the easiest things to do for TV is the porcini rubbed ribeye mm-hmm. because it's super easy to show it's an easy i did i, I made it on ina uh, garden's show um barefoot contessa and I, i've done it a couple other places that it, it's easy to show the process of it and it it looks great when you're done and it also tastes amazing so i guess that might be my signature mm-hmm. um yeah what's your favorite thing to cook i really like Anything that's fresh, I really like going to the farmer's market and and going to our local farmers and our purveyors and seeing what's out there, what is fresh and what's new and and what's seasonal because you can't really – if something's coming up from the ground and it's been picked a day ago or that morning, you can really taste a difference with it. It's just for me and you don't have to do much. So that's sort of my favorite thing to just work with fresh – produce and vegetables and and come up with you know different kinds of spices and and either roasting them or grilling them i like to grill i like to be outside a lot so Mm. those are some of my favorite things how did your cooking change after going to school for it oh it just it was i'm like a machine now it's a different it's a you know when you practice something over and over and over you you're able to just do it secondhand Mm -hmm. you know you're able to talk and explain and and you're able to put things together seamlessly as opposed to you know, we're going to put it in the tablespoon now and stop. And then you go get the other one. It's more of a, it's more of a working, uh, machine. Right. Where did you grow up? Canton, Michigan and mm-hmm. Detroit area. And, uh, and my parents really, they loved to party. Uh, they really, you know, every weekend there was some party, our family got together and it was, a christening or a baptism or, or a, a party, birthday party, retirement party, something like that. And we would always get together and there would be a huge spread of food, multiple different proteins, lots of desserts. And we'd they'd, you know play games or we'd go swimming or we'd have things for activities for the kids to do. And there'd be dancing. And it was a really, really great place to grow up. It sounds ideal. And my mom really instilled in me this idea of... Um, entertaining. And although I was her little helper and she made me do everything, I resented it and during the fact, but now I'm super happy. She taught me how to do a great crudite plate and how to time things out and to have a couple of things on the on the burners while you have something in the stove and the way it all works. And she was amazing at it. I mean, mm-hmm. she was incredible. And I think 
I realized really at a young age, you know, my seventh or eighth birthday, I remember coming down and it was my birthday party that day for the family and my friends. And I remember coming downstairs and just coming into the kitchen in the dining room, uh, living room area. And she had spent hours putting up brightly colored balloons and, and vibrant streamers. And the whole room was saturated with just the most amazing colors. And I thought to myself, because this, you know, I I was a latchkey kid and she didn't have much time. You know, my parents both worked and I just remember, wow, she doesn't have the time to do this, but she really was able to affect me in such a way. You're able to affect people with this kind of stuff. And that's why I say like, go the little bit of the extra mile, Mm -hmm. take, go, go be specific about what you can do. And it doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to spend a lot of money. And I give you tips in the book where it's, you do your your basic, your party basics, your party upgrades, and then your over-the-top ideas. And so there are – it's a multitude of things that you can pick and choose from. And you can do all of it and it could be a blowout or you can you know, just have a cocktail party for a couple, couple friends for an hour or two before you go out to dinner. I know? love the idea of – I forget specifically what you call it, but like the gratitude dinner, the thank you dinner. The thank you dinner, yeah. yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah. It, it all stemmed from a, a dinner I did for – a director who the director who directed all of the episodes of How I Met Your Mother, Pam Fryman, and we did a thank you dinner. And it was very much uh, just saying thank you for all the work that you've done for him and us. And she actually she actually uh, married us when oh, we got wow. married in Italy. She's an amazing woman. But we did this dinner, and we you know we had there. We got photos of her, and we it was a night sort of to remember her by, mm-hmm. and we had. Um, uh, music that she liked and we had uh, uh, pictures. I mean, there's mul- mul- multiple, t- multi- a multiple uh, amount of things you can do for someone. And it's, it's all in the book. It's very, it's very fun. I mean, you can, uh, you can see for yourself. And I also like how the recipes are easy, moderate, or involved. Yeah, yeah. It's and such that, a sassy way of saying hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, difficult. I wanted this book to be accessible for people, for people who don't know how to cook. And there are some really easy recipes, and there are some recipes to aspire to. And I think that's, that's what's so great um, about cooking is that once you keep cooking and you know the techniques and you know the tools and and how to do it you know substituting and 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 if you what what you do like and what you don't like doesn't you know you can you can make it your own and that's what's so great about entertaining and and putting recipes together cuz you know what at the end of the day we're all we have we're all we have i mean it's it's about you know, human connection and family. And, and we have that one common bond is eating and, and and family dinners are so important to me. And that's why I say that life is a party because I, I I take life as not taking it for granted. Mm -hmm. And it really, I really enjoy taking a, just a regular Wednesday night dinner and, you know, going to, Oh, tonight we're going to go to, Africa and we're going to have African cuisine and we're going to, I made a tagine and we have some crispy rice and we listen to some African music and we learn about the country of Africa and uh, you know, what, what kind of countries there are, what animals there are. And my kids really get into it. We go to Argentina. Sometimes we go to, we go to Japan and have poke or no Hawaii and go have poke. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a lot of fun. I think, and I think a lot of people 
don't get their kids involved in the kitchen. And that's why they're picky eaters, too. Mm -hmm. I think the more you can involve your kids, the more you can involve your family and friends, the better. You said you get intimidated by entertaining. Yes. Well, I am telling you that I think we all need to take a note from this book and not worry about doing it all yourself and not having all prepped the night before and not stress out because once you start decide to have a party then the job is done honestly <laughs> you know you can you can when people come to your house one of the first things that they usually say is what can you do mm. what can i i'm sorry what can i do <laughs> What can you do? What can you do? Hey, I'm here. What can you do? (laughs) Um, But but they they walk through the door and say, what can I do? And it's it's, um, a lot of people say, nothing. I've got it. I got it. And and they end up being flustered. And it's crazy. And they watch the host freak out. Mm -hmm. And they, in turn, don't have a good time. But if you have a list of 10 or 20 things for people people to do, um, then they're included. They feel like they're a part of something, you know, and, and I have uh, you picking herbs for an herb salad that we're doing and, and everyone's around the kitchen because everyone honestly just ends up hanging out in the kitchen there, yeah. anyway. Yeah. So, and we're, we're eating dinner and, and we, uh, we were having the salad. I take a bite of salad and I said, oh, Allison, your salad is amazing because you helped it, you mm-hmm. know, and they feel included and it's, it, it makes it more special for, for everybody. And you said that you think eight is the perfect dinner party amount? Yeah, I do. I do think eight's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> because you're able to you're able to talk to everybody as opposed to ten ten it sort of splits everybody up. Mm-hmm. Eight you can actually have a conversation with someone across the table. And it's easy. It's a lot easier to cook for eight than it is to cook for ten or twelve or or up. Um and it's uh, it's nice if you you put your name cards in front of people, but also put their names on the back of the I card. I like that idea too. Because sometimes you don't know who you're sitting next to. Mm-hmm. And also another good thing, if you have people that aren't really great at talking or coming up with ideas, there are these really great things called table topics that you slide under their, their plate. So at any moment, if there's a political moment or a religious moment that people don't want to talk about, you pull out the card and it's like, oh, if you could be a superhero, what superhero could you be? You know, that sort of thing. You right. sort of get the party going and get different conversations going i feel like on november 17th you would, it would just be one card after another <laughs> 2016 um, that yeah. is yes <laughs> all right you guys it's the time when i need to talk to you about whatever it is you're putting on your bed because if it's something other than brooklyn in sheets you need to correct that and you need to put brooklyn in sheets on your bed um brooklyn and sheets are super well crafted very comfortable yet surprisingly affordable linens for your bed uh they were developed by a husband and wife team who stayed in a hotel and they were like these sheets are amazing let's get some for ourselves and they asked the hotel you know can we get these sheets and then they found them and they were thousands of dollars or something insane and they said this is ridiculous there's got to be a way to get these sheets for cheaper and they sourced it and now they sell them to you they're revolutionizing the sheet game uh i have brooklyn and sheets on my bed right now they are navy and white striped and i when it's time to put new sheets on i take them off and i wash them and i put them back on that's how much they've ruined me for other sheets they're they're thick but somehow they manage to be cool I don't know how they do it. They're magic. My Brooklyn and sheets are the best, most comfortable sheets I've ever slept on. Now it's time for your upgrade. Brooklinen.com is giving an exclusive offer just for my listeners. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping when you use promo code BESTFRIEND at Brooklinen.com. 
Brooklyn is so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. The only way to get 10% off your first order and free shipping is to use promo code BESTFRIEND at brooklinen.com. That's brooklinen.com, B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code BESTFRIEND. Brooklinen, these really are the best sheets ever. You said you were a latchkey kid. Yeah. What was your childhood like? My childhood was great. You know, I grew up I grew up in Detroit, Michigan where I was definitely a different kid. Um I was I was bullied and I wasn't I I come from a sports family. My dad really wanted me to be Mr. Sports and 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 my sister was into sports and everyone was. Uh but I was artistic and I was different. Um and it was fine. You know, honestly, I don't remember much of it. <laughs> I think I sort of blocked a lot of my mm-hmm. childhood out, uh, to tell you the truth. It, it, I do remember a lot of college because that's where I really feel like I, I started to become who I am. Um, but I was, I did do theater when I was younger too. So I, I was in this young children's theater group um, downtown Detroit where a lot of really big Broadway actors actually have come out of it. So um, that's exciting to see. Mm-hmm. All my friends are starring at Broadway and getting Tonys and stuff from, I've known them since they're 10 years old. So you had, you came from like a, a sports minded family and grew up in a yeah, sports minded place. I had football wallpaper on my, <laughs> on my walls for years until I went to the movie store and like got tons of different movies and covered up the whole walls and ceilings. And it was, yeah. Did but, you try to fit in? Yeah, I was, my dad was my coach for every single sport. And I just didn't love it, you know, and he tells the story that's kind of just sad because, you know, it's, it's funny in a way, but also a little heartbreaking because he was my coach and, uh, I was out in left field or something like that. And uh, the ball would come to me and I'd be picking daisies and you're not really paying attention. And someone was like, Hey, who's that kid? And my dad would go, I don't know. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> which which is funny, but also he tells the story and I go, oh, that's kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time. Did did you feel like your dad understood you? Because so my um my husband has a my husband has sort of a it's not exactly the, it's obviously not the same story, but um he felt like he had to choose sports or art. His parents divorced. His dad was into sports. His mom was an artist. He mm-hmm. chose art, and he felt like he he disappointed his dad because of that. Yeah, there's a bit of that. There's a bit of that. Like I never really felt like I connected or really bonded with my dad until my mom died. Honestly. And when was that? How long? That ago? was eleven years ago. Mm-hmm. Like coming up, my mom's birthday's tomorrow. It's really weird. April is crazy. My mom's birthday happens, and then it's Mother's Day, and it's the anniversary of her death. <laughs> So it's God, all it's in one, all in truly like three weeks. The cruelest month. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, did your parents split up? No. Okay. No, they were together, you know, till the day she passed, and it was one year uh, shy of her sixtieth birthday. Mm. So, and and Neil's parents were together too. So that's, I mean, I I really credit them to our bond and how we're we're together. Why do you think it wasn't until she passed that you got? closer to your dad um because i think i was so close to my mom that although my dad was proud of me i really felt like he didn't necessarily know how to relate to also being gay Mm -hmm. i think that that's a weird thing for a dad because they can't necessarily understand it right they don't get it like you know 
he's proud of me and he's always been proud of me. Um, but I never really, I never really communicated with him as much as I do now. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talk a lot more than we used to. Um, and I think when, when you're, parent dies or when your spouse dies a lot of things open up for you that you don't think about before i think you you there's a lot of ideas and um life's too short you know it's time to you know have kids or you know bond with your son or whatever whatever it is you you contemplate a lot of things mm. so you think it was a change in him i think it was a change in both of us mm-hmm I think it was, you know, inevitable that it would happen. So from the time of, was it the time, from the time of diagnosis to her death was 20 days? Yeah. That is so awful. Yeah. But you know what? I can't, I can't imagine doing it. You, 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 I knew she was sick and I knew she was in going to chemo and I knew that, she was gonna die probably, so I pre- was pre- able to prepare myself. And twenty days was a good enough a t- good enough time. Whereas opposed to if it was sudden, if she was hit by a car, I think they have a you have a harder time going. What just happened? And then if it's dragged on, I think that's worse. You know, I had a friend that had a dad who had brain cancer, and she was taking care of him for two years, mm. and that's just I can't imagine. You're sort of relieved by the time they pass. So I think it was, I mean, if you have to say for the best, of course, it's not for the best, but I think it happened in the best way possible. How did it change you aside from changing your relationship with your dad? It really, I mean, my mom was an interesting person. She was amazing at what she, who she was and how she did it, but she was also very controlling and she also drank a little too much. Um, so I think it made me look at who I am and who I, I, I never felt like I was able to be who I was supposed to be. Um, and I think from her death, I grew a lot of, oh, these are the choices I need to make and this is who I am. And it was a lot of self-discovery and I, I'm now sober as well Mm. too. So that's, that's a big thing. So, um, because I, I think I struggle. I think my whole family struggles with, you know, a bit of alcoholism. I'm not so much anymore with my dad, I think, because he's getting older. And I think you realize that sort of thing when someone passes. But um, it's in our family, you know, uh, generations and stuff like that. Was getting sober hard for you? It wasn't as hard as – I didn't have like a crazy dark bottom. It wasn't as bad. Like I knew that I it was – I was altering my state and I wasn't liking it and I wasn't liking the way I was feeling and I was more anxious. And, and I mean, I think that I could go back to have a couple of drinks now and then it would get it out of control every now and then and it would be fine. But I just don't, I don't it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, I don't miss it, honestly. And, and I owe it to myself and I owe it to my kids, especially my kids, especially if it's generational. I think I need to be the one to sort of say, Okay, you can do this if you have an issue with alcohol or or whatever all mood altering substances. I think that it's uh it's a good thing to do. I, I I feel so much better than I ever have. I've been sober three years, so I've been so much. I'm so much happier than I have. What's well, interesting you bring up having become sober. Um, 
there are drink recipes in here. Lots like of how drink. Lots yeah, of drink recipes. how has entertaining how has entertaining changed since you've become sober? Well, I you know I I know what flavor profiles I want to do, and then I have. Uh, my assistant and I actually had a bartender help me with the with the with Jonathan Lind, who was a head bartender at the Nomad, is a really good friend of ours. So he helped me, and then all of you know Neil and some of my friends would gladly be the tasters. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they were they helped me that way. Um, in terms of enter- and what's so great about I think the book is that it's um for every cocktail there's a mocktail. Mm-hmm. So for people who don't drink or even for your kids, I think because a lot of people don't value their kids in that way like oh just have a soda or just have water or milk or whatever but i think it's great to treat your kids in a special way yeah put them put them first and have you know fun that way as well they'll feel special um but in terms of going out and stuff i it's it's different like i don't it's not a late night for me anymore and once start people people start sort of changing there's that switch that flips in people at the end of the night, I'm out of there. I can't. I'm. I my tolerance for drunk and sloppy people is just not. I, I'm easy uh, easy to leave. Well, a lot of, of I don't, actually don't know if it's a lot or a few. I noticed it definitely more than once. There are these suggestions that you have in the book for keeping the party going, and yeah. I'm thinking like I wouldn't want to do that though. <laughs> I mean, they're great <laughs> suggestions, but I was. Actually, that's a question for someone who entertains. Okay, so you have ideas for like, you know, when things die down, you know, have someone play piano or this or that. Mm-hmm. What is your suggestion for getting people out the door? Um, I think you just I, – I, I think there's you – have, you have a dinner and then you, you know, offer dessert and just – I think I've done it before where it's like, oh, I've, you know, it's got a really early morning or it's getting late and um, – well, thank you guys so much for coming. And that's yeah, sort of a, everyone picks that up. Yeah, they they pick that up. Right. Um, but I but I think a lot of people entertain and they they spend so much time on the dinner and the the dessert and all of that. But then there's no after. You just sit there and you go, okay, well. But I think it's <laughs> right. nice to have a game planned. I think it's nice to have. And I mean, of course, if you start at eight o'clock or nine o'clock, you're not going to want to go until two o'clock in the morning but i think it's nice to have sort of another activity where you move somewhere else Mm -hmm. and have a hear a piece of music or you know watch something special or or do play a game or do a craft or something like that i think it's i think it 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 takes it up another notch i agree you said that um before your mom died you felt like you weren't truly who you are weren't living in a way that was truly who you are yeah can you talk more about that yeah, I think that um I think there was always this pressure to be this other person whether whether it's straight or someone who made a lot of money or someone who was the life of the party or whatever it was. I I don't feel I never felt necessarily comfortable in my own skin. Um uh and also, I think LA, LA kind of screwed me up that way too. Mm. I think as an actor, they put you in these boxes. Um, and I'm, you know, I always used to go out for the sort of the leading man, the 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 juvenile young guy. And I'm quirky and kind of the weird best friend, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to get cast as the weird best friend because um, you have leading man looks. That's what. Yeah, I guess that's what yeah. someone would say. I don't want to say that on air. That's kind of 
But I'll say it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yes, bleeding but I'm not, I never was that, you know, I never was that guy. My reads were a little weird and quirky and, and dark, you know, mm. that's, I tested for six feet under, I remember with Lauren Ambrose. And I thought that that was going to be my gig because I'm, you know, I'm more dark. I mean, I'll, I'll be plays and I feel like I can tap into that sort of sad, um, angst kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's still in me. <laughs> Which role? <laughs> Um, it was the uh, Ben Foster role, mm-hmm. the boyfriend. Uh, I don't remember. It was so long ago. So, okay. So you felt uh, you weren't quite comfortable with who you are. Yeah. You feel like in it, and that was, and then how did, like, where are you with all of that now? I feel, you know, it was interesting too. In, in a relationship, I think, uh, the first three years you sort of are, you sort of feel like you're someone else and then they get to sort of know who you are. And, and that, that's interesting too. I mean, I think Neil and I've been through it and I think people grow individually, but also relationships grow as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I think where people go get off because they think, Oh, well, I'm not the person I was before. They're not the person they were before. Um, And you have to just go into life with this sort of, unknown wild abandonment like be happy for the unknown um and 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 for right now i think that things are feel really good for me like i think sobriety really really made me see a lot about myself and you know you do these steps so the steps really help you you know with character defects and dropping your character defects and going through all your sexual relationships and all of the things that you've done to hurt other people mm-hmm. and then making amends and it's a it's a big piece of work i mean it really gets in your head a lot and you learn a ton about yourself so i really felt like i was able to embrace um who i am and and realize wow you know i have some really interesting things to give and before i never really thought that mm-hmm. how much do you think that has to do with growing up in michigan because i don't i i don't think i've been to michigan but my sense is that it's like if you don't it'd be tough not to fit in there it'd be tough to to grow up gay there uh, yeah yeah it was it was i didn't know any gay people I mean, honestly, I I had a gay choreographer who came on to me and, you know, when I was 15 and it was, it was not a good situation. That was my first intro to gay people. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you know you were gay yet? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I knew I was gay and it was a sort of a interesting, unfortunate thing because he there was alcohol involved Mm -hmm. and it was not a good situation at the end of the night um and so i knew i was like i knew that something i was different and i i had an attraction to him but afterward i was like this isn't right i don't he did not what he did was not good um and so i felt like I don't, it was sort of a denial and I dated women more and I, then I was thought I was gender fluid and not gender fluid, but, uh, uh, bisexual. Mm-hmm. And then it, it really took me going to college to see that, no, this is just, I like dudes and that's it. But, um, uh, does that answer your question? I think so. Did he, um, like not have consent? Is that? Yeah. Happened? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Well, you know, it happens and I feel like I've grown from it and I feel like I've, you know, I've learned a lot from it. Were you mad? Yeah, of course. 
Yeah, of course. I mean, to a 15-year-old? Yeah. That's like statutory rape. Did did anything happen to him? I don't know. So you didn't Mm-mm. take it any further? Mm-mm. No. And was wow! This is we've gone a long way from from the life's a party. <laughs> That's your publicist voice in the background. <laughs> because listeners are going to be like, "Who are they hearing?" Uh, boy. <laughs> well, I tend to talk about everything on my show, right? So, no, it's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's fine. And I'm I'm kind of that kind of person that's kind of an open book too, and I really don't. You know, it is what it is, and it's. I've become a better person because of it, and I've learned from it, and and uh, I don't. I'm not ashamed of it. Mm. This was your choreographer in what, like the 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 theater that you were in? Yeah, yeah. It was a uh, no. It was a, a. I was doing a high school production. It was sort of like with the University of Michigan, but I was young. I was playing Baby John, so I was a younger. Mm-hmm. I, they needed a younger kid for it. I'm so mad for you that this happened to you. It's okay. I know. We can, I mean, we can move on if you would like. Yeah, sure. Let's move on because okay. I'm here to talk about a cookbook, you okay. know, <laughs> well, and I wanna... partying and good things yes. and nice things. And that's, I, a, I that's more, a whole different thing. I have more questions about your life though. Yeah, sure. So uh, how did you get into to performing on Broadway? Well, I went to, uh, I was in the theater troupe, uh, growing up in Michigan and I worked professionally and I always knew that I wanted to be an actor. Um, and I was a dancer as well. And that really helped me out. Um, so I went to the, uh, went to college. Uh, well, I went to camp at Interlochen. Uh, what? I've heard is, of that. What is it's that? It's in upper Michigan and it's an arts camp, a really prestigious arts camp in Michigan. And it's beautiful and it's really, really grueling. I mean, I went there for the summer and they had this program with the University of Michigan, all state, it's called. And they sort of groomed me to go to musical theater school at the University of Michigan. And they have one of the best musical theater schools in the country. It just keeps on growing and growing and everywhere. You know, you look at any playbill on Broadway and you see um, you see University of Michigan grads everywhere. And so we were groomed to go to New York to be on Broadway. And so when I graduated, it was, you know, we have a showcase and uh, uh, agents show up and they end up giving you, you know, auditions and, and I got it in a show right away, a new Stephen Schwartz musical called, uh, Children of Eden with Adrian Zabet and Stephanie Mills. And I understudied, uh, one of the parts and was a dancer in it as well. So, and then I did Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. And then I sort of thought, you know, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to just be a dancer my whole life. So I ended up going back to school and studying with, um, uh, Bill Esper, which is a very, really great theater school. And then from there, I met Edward Albee, and he gave me my first gig, um, a play called The Play About the Baby. And then from there, it just sort of grew and grew. And, and you know, I did a lot of commercials. I was in all the dancing commercials for The Gap and, and Old Navy and did, you know, The West Side Story and The Gap Swing and hip-hop and stuff like that so that's that's how i sort of made my living in new york i never really had to have a a waitering gig or Mm. anything like that do you still dance (sighs) 
No, but I think I feel like I should. I miss I miss dancing. Yeah, I mean, dancing's such a joy to me. Uh, the last show I did was on Broadway called Gypsy, and it was with Bernadette Peters, and I played Tulsa, which had the big dance role. The All I Need Is the Girl, mm-hmm. um, and that was it was it was tough. I mean, it was eight shows a week, and you know, tap dancing and leaps and all of that. It, it's tough on your body. I don't miss that part, but I miss just going out and dancing. There's not places anymore that you could just go out and dance there's no like clubs or places where you could just go have fun and dance anymore unfortunately maybe i'll open one up you should (laughs) i should yeah that'd be like the the consummate entertainer thing to do i'm watching my daughter i'm watching my daughter get into the arts and you know theater and dancing and and you know it's really been fun to watch her sort of getting a little bit by the bug from performing so we'll see we'll see what happens there i mean it's it's hard work i don't think i mean i took a dance class i think like two years ago and i was just it was sad (laughs) (laughs) so are you guys based in new york now yeah we live in new york full-time yeah did you at one point were you bi coastal for a while? Yeah, we we had we always had we rented a place uh, up in Harlem for a while, and that uh, we'd go back and forth. Uh, but but mainly we were in L.A. We had a house in L.A. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always had one foot in New York, always. Um, and uh, I just love it there. I love the energy. I love I love the seasons because I'm from Michigan. So I I I, I felt like there was a in L.A. I felt five years went by and I went, what? What happened? (laughs) Nothing changed. Because it's beautiful every day. And I mean, when I come to visit, I'm just so grateful for the weather and it's stunning. Um, But I I felt like time was passing very fast Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. I I was in New York for nine years and I, my dream is still to get back someday. Yeah. But I don't know. Well, you're raising kids there. How's that? It's great. Oh my gosh. New York with kids is fantastic. There's so much to do. And they're so, I think New York kids, there's something about them. I think they're so savvy and I think they're so smart. What they see on a daily basis Mm -hmm. with homeless people and color and people who are different races and different cultures everywhere mixed in and the, the food and the culture the broadway shows and the museums i mean it's just all at your fingertips and it's so close everything's so close i felt very isolated in la Mm -hmm. everywhere you have to drive to a park and there's all the white kids at the park you go to the spanish park you go to the asian park i mean to see different kinds of cultures um but yeah i wouldn't have it any other way where and what part of town we live in harlem we live in harlem in new york uh and it's great we've we've lived there for we we had a we had a, an apartment there that we kept for um, the time that we were in L.A. Uh, up in um, by Columbia, and now we're further up mm-hmm. uh, on uh, like in the center of it by Marcus Garvey Park, which is a great park, and it's a really interesting place to be right now because it's really changing over. It's really becoming a whole different. Uh, whole different place to live there's this there's a heartbeat i lived in the east village for a while and there was uh, when it was just starting to turn and become you know super trendy Mm -hmm. i i i kind of sense that that's happening up there now too i mean there's definitely animosity with the black community but you know that's new york it all it's all spreading out you know Mm -hmm. when we came back to new york we looked at 
all over the city, Brooklyn and Tribeca and Chelsea, and everything's tapped out. I mean, everything's tapped out. So when we started looking up in Harlem, there was multiple places to live. But now even Harlem. When you say tapped out, do you mean just like, like done, not available? Like no, nothing's available. Right. I mean, nothing. Yeah. I mean, unless you want to pay, you know, $13 million for a right. place. And right. we're not at that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where in L- what area of Los Angeles had you guys been living in before? We lived in the Valley. We lived in Studio City. We lived in Sherman Oaks, mainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valley Village. Yeah. How did you guys meet? We met on the street. We met. I was doing Gypsy on Broadway, and the girl who was playing the girl who I run away with, Kate Rinders, was on the street with me. And we were walking down, you know, between rehearsal or something like that. And Neil was doing Cabaret on Broadway, a Sam Mend- another Sam Mendes play. And he had jet black hair, and he looked really weird. And <laughs> and uh, he, we met on the street, and, you know, I knew who he was. Um, I never really watched Doogie Hauser, but I knew he was, you know, into theater and stuff like that. And I respected him as an actor, but... Um, Never, I was dating someone else at the time, and and so I thought, you know, he seems cool. I sort of brushed him off, mm-hmm. and he asked Kate. He's like, "Oh wow, that guy's that guy's really hot." You know? Did he? And know she said, Kate? "He said, well done." Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm sorry. That's him, okay. Him and Kate knew each other. I got it. And they stopped and talked, and uh, and he said, "Well done." He's really handsome, and he goes, "Oh no, David's gay." <laughs> so then, from then on, you know, my relationship was sort of on the rocks, and uh, we. Uh, Kate would call him up and say, oh, David, we're going to Angus McIndoe's tonight. So he'd show up and he'd be like, where's Neil Patrick Harris keeps showing up everywhere I am. This is so weird. So then we... You didn't realize... How long did it take you to realize that that was being orchestrated? I I, I I mean, until he told me, I didn't know. (laughs) I just thought it was a coincidence. And then we, uh, we ended up we ended up having a date and, you know, the date turned into a weekend and the weekend turned into 15 years. You guys have been together ever since? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was it. I mean, there was a sense of that. I knew he was the one when I just was having so much fun. Mm-hmm. He, we just laugh and we, he, he loves adventure and he's up for anything. And it's, you know, it's a, a lot of fun. We just have so much fun. It's great. No complaints. <laughs> well, I was going to say, what was it that made you realize he was the one? I feel like you kind of just answered that. Honestly, it was going to the circus with him i'd never been to the circus and he ordered like a hot dog and cotton candy and he took us backstage and we saw the animals and i just thought wow this guy really takes life by the horns and just really has a a good time and i want that in life i want to have a good time Mm -hmm. and that and we have been ever since it's the name of your book yes um life is a part (laughs) it true it truly is and so then when it came time to have kids, so was, so I know that you were upfront with him about like, if you don't want kids, that's a deal breaker. Um, but then like, was there, how did you choose the timing? It was my mom's death. It was my mom's death who, um, she really wanted grandchildren and we just, it never was the right time. As you know, it's never the right yeah. time to have kids. And so when she died, we said, okay, let's start this process. And that was it. That was you know, two years later, we had mm. the twins. And then how did there, you know, there's various ways to go about doing that. I did we, IVF. So we did, uh, we had, to, we got uh, a surrogate and we got uh, an egg donor. And so we took the egg donor's eggs and we took our two best sperm and we implanted it into the eggs and made t- multiple embryos. 
and then we implanted two embryos. And this was a while back when they wasn't weren't able to spin and mm-hmm. guarantee. And science has changed a lot now. So we implanted two eggs, one of mine, one of his, and the surrogate um, implanted into the surrogate, and she ended up taking both both eggs. Oh wow! Both em- embryos. So um, one of them's my DNA. One of them's his DNA. One's a boy, one's a girl. Uh-huh. I mean, we don't know whose is whose. That's I mean, what we I was suspect. Say. We suspect, but um, but but we never got a DNA test. I mean, mm. they're both our kids, so why would we? Right. So did I mean if they want to? I if they want a DNA test later in life, well, we're happy to do it. But I don't. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Do they wonder? They must wonder, right? I think they're too young for that yet. Mm-hmm. I don't think they get it. Right. They don't get it. I don't think they understand. I mean, I told, I had a talk with my daughter. She asked me where babies came from and she's sort of like, wait, what? <laughs> what? That happens? Okay. I don't want to know anymore. I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> um, but I still don't think she fully understands. Mm-hmm. She knows that she was like, we really wanted kids really bad and we hired a woman to help us out. Uh, they know that, but that's the extent of it. They'd never met the surrogate. They'd never met the egg donor. And I, I, until they're old enough or until they want to, I don't think we'll, we'll do that. Right. Okay. Let's go back to the cookbook. Yes. For a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I love, I love hearing all this other stuff though. So thank you. No, my pleasure. I I don't, I don't regret anything I said. Good. I, I don't feel like I said anything bad. So you did not. Um, what would you say is the easiest and what's the hardest recipe in the cookbook? Hmm. The smoothie's pretty easy. There's aqua frescas that are pretty easy. Uh, the, the drinks would be easy in terms of food. Um, the mashed potato biscuits are pretty great. There's a whole chapter on give thanks for leftovers for Thanksgiving. What, how to take your leftovers from Thanksgiving and make another meal. Um, those mashed potatoes biscuits are pretty good with the cranberry butter. It's pretty great and easy. And the hardest I think would be the seared scallops with the peas and green oil. That would probably be the hardest. That was that was the one that I honed in on the most of like, oh my God, I I want to make that and I just want to like dive into this picture and eat it. <laughs> it's it's a beautiful picture. What is what's the most difficult aspect of it? I think just getting the timing right. There are a lot of elements to it, you know, taking the peas and and shelling them and it's just time consuming. And then the green oil, taking the parsley and being able to puree it and then strain it. And there's just a lot of elements. And then actually baking the scallops, I mean, searing them is, I think not many people do that. So Mm -hmm. to get the texture right on that is, you know, it's timing, but it's, you you do it and you, you, you learn from it and you go on. So... Right. I also like in the cookbook, you uh, you call out when a special tool is required. For example, mm. I did not know what a fish spatula was. Oh, yeah. But now I know. I think very, I've, I've seen them before. I yeah. just never knew that like, very, oh, that's... Very handy tool. Is the idea that if you use a, a non-slotted spatula, the fish will stick to it? Yeah. It just gets air into it, so it's right. able to... But I think a lot of people don't let their fish... Uh, unstick i think they want to flip it too fast and that's what sort of makes it stick to the pan Mm. you gotta let it come up to temperature so it's able to release release from the pan so is that uh, i'm not sure i think i do so if you sear your fish it will usually stick to the pan Mm. um and then you gotta just wait until it's able you're able to sort of get your spatula under it right whereas most people just sort of they rush. They rush and it just comes right off and it flakes and it's a big mess. Got it. Got it. 
I need to talk to you guys about underwear, specifically very comfortable, very well-made, tons of different options, your favorite underwear to be underwear. And I'm talking about the underwear that is made by MeUndies. Um, They use micromodal fabric, which is three times softer than cotton. They claim, I would say it's nine times softer or possibly more than that, like 12 times softer. It's, I'm not exaggerating. It's extremely, extremely soft, very comfortable fabric. Um, MeUndies undies are so comfortable. Uh, my husband, Daniel, if you open his underwear drawer, exclusively me undies. Uh, and I'm following suit. Women can choose from four different cuts, all of which are available from classic colors to adventurous prints. Uh, do I, do I own some underwear with, uh, kiss marks on them? Do I own some holiday themed underwear? Does Daniel? You'll have to break into our room to find out. But the answer is yes. Uh, and if you're looking to help your man replenish his top drawer, Me Undies now offers the new boxer brief with Fly. It's the same great cut as the boxer brief, but now with the added option for guys who prefer to go through the gate versus over the fence. But why stop at Undies? Me Undies offers matching lounge pants, bralettes, and onesies as well. Yes, Me Undies makes onesies and they are incredible. Uh, and Me Undies has a great offer for you guys, my listeners. For any first time purchasers, when you get any Me Undies, you get 15% off and free shipping. Get 15% off a pair of the most comfortable Undies you will ever put on. To get your 15% off your first pair, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash Allison. That's MeUndies.com. Undies.com slash Allison. Um, all right. There's a segment we do on the show called How Dare You, which is where <laughs> I where I ask you uh, nosy questions. Oh, boy. Um, I, we've already been there. Though, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to get worse. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, but there's a question I ask first, uh, which is on a scale of one to ten, one being you're very private, ten being you're an open book, where do you rank yourself? Nine. Well, this will be fun. Don't <laughs> worry. Here's the thing, though. On my list, there Wait, are... nine being very... Very open. open. Yeah, I'm yeah. very open. Very the, open. The, Obviously from this podcast. Yes. <laughs> the thing is, I have like super nosy questions on here, but I never actually have the guts to ask the real nosy ones, so you have nothing to worry about. Okay. I'm happy to be on the show. Ask me anything you want to know. And I'll be sure to... What? How dare you? All right. As long as I'm not having to say anything bad about other people, I don't want to do that. Okay. I'd rather not because that doesn't uh, – that's just bad karma. Yeah. No, and you, I don't like saying bad things about anyone else anyway. You won't have to say anything bad about I can anyone. talk about myself all you want, but – All right. Have you ever had sex in public? Yes. Go on. I, I, I mean, I, 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 I'll say yes and not go on from that. <laughs> uh, a nine would go on. <laughs> really? I, I mean, it's uh, – I. it was a park – uh, in, uh, you know, it, on a picnic during the day. Wow. Yeah. I did not expect it to be a daytime thing. Yeah. It was fun. Do you think anyone saw you? No, it was like sort of a, a cleared grassy area. Okay. And various beaches, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was your first heartbreak? My first boyfriend, uh, uh, Lane, it was tough. It was my first love. And we just, it didn't work. It just didn't work. How come? I think we're at different places. I think we were both battling demons at the time. And it just, it just didn't happen. I mean, it just, 
I don't think we were ready for it to be that serious. Mm. How old were you? 24. Do you know what he's up to these days? Yeah. Totally good friends with him. Oh, good. Yeah. Totally great. I'm going to see him on Tuesday. Are you usually friends with your exes? Yes. I'm like a lesbian. <laughs> I, I I feel like, you know what? I spent so much time with these people that why would I just X them out of my life? I, I You know, I learned from them. They were a big part of my life. But I haven't had that many, that many relationships. I've been a relationship guy, but I haven't had that many serious relationships. Mm-hmm. Three. Have you always been relationshipy? Yes. Always. But in between the relationship, he's like crazy, you know, going out and dating and having sex with everybody. Mm. <laughs> well, that's one of my questions that I am always uncomfortable asking. You can be the one I ask it of. Okay. And you can say, how dare you? How many partners have you had? How dare you? <laughs> it, feel, it feels apt. No, I mean, it was, I mean, it, we have to do this sexual inventory for, for AA and it, it was more than I ever thought it was going really? to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I don't regret it. I'm, I, I was always safe and I'm healthy. So mm. it's, you know, you learn from it. Um, Okay. Well, there's a, so here's my question. Tell me about someone you hate. Now you don't have to tell me who the person is. Okay. I, I think there's people who you become friends with and then you challenge them on things and they don't want to hear it. So they X you out of their life. And I think this, these people are sociopaths. <laughs> so it's really crazy, but they, they just ghost you and you be, you're friends with them and you've been friends with them. And it, we had great relationships and our, our kids knew each other and, and then it's over. It's just over. Yeah, they and just I cut you out. And I don't get it. And I, you know, I apologize where I don't think I necessarily had to apologize. But it was done. It was done. The gauntlet was down. We were axed. Like what kinds of things did you challenge them on? I saw something that I related to and I brought it up with them and they didn't want to hear it. And that was it. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. Like something that made them uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. When but they've I... done this with other people too. A lot of other people. So I know mm. that I'm not crazy. Right. When I was younger, I thought that the, you know, the, the greatest quality in another person or in a friend was kind. I still think kindness is the greatest quality, mm-hmm. but someone who like never, ever hurt your feelings or stepped on your toes or just like everything being nice and fluffy and smooth and, and, uh, and feel good. And then as I've gotten older, I've realized that people who are willing to say something that might be tough to hear, but it's the truth. Like I really value that so much more. I agree. And that's what friendships are for. Like you're able to say to this, Hey, I didn't like this or I, look at this and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think makes you stronger. Um, but the ghosting, like, yeah. with, like even emails with people, you write an email and you don't hear from him. It's so mind fucky. It totally is. Cause you're like, did you even get like, what happened? Right. Yeah. Right. So move on. <laughs> but uh, I'm better for it. I think I'm yeah. better for it. Like, I don't want that kind of energy in my life. Right. That that's how they really are. Yeah. Yeah. They sound terrible. <laughs> well, no, they sound like they just can't handle. 
I they sound like they're in denial of a lot of things. I think so. I think they're struggling with stuff. And uh, what was the last thing you took a screenshot of? Well, my phone. You can look the, at your phone. The new phones. <laughs> uh-huh. The new iPhones take screenshots all the time. So it might just be. Let me see. A screenshot. Oh, I think I took a screenshot of a workout that I had. Yeah, this was it. A workout that I had. Um, oh, no. I took a screenshot of my friend because we're doing these. We're making these Barbie dolls and we're doing my friend. Uh, so we're going to put him on. Well, yeah, we, I took a picture of him to put him on sort of the box of the Barbie doll because we sort of made these sort of uh, replicas of them out of Barbies because they're sort of like a Barbie couple. <laughs> these are what is this for that you're it's making just the Barbies? A gift, gift from someone. Do you? Oh, you probably give really good gifts, don't you? I kind of pride myself on giving good <laughs> gifts. I I'm, I feel like I yeah I I like giving gifts a lot. Is Neil? Um... As into entertaining and being a good host totally. and all of this stuff. Yes, he's great at it. He's super great. And you know what? You know what I did a couple of years ago. I got him our friend Jonathan Lynn, who helped me with the cocktails. I'm giving a lot of praise to Jonathan Lynn today. I hired him to for a Christmas present. I hired him to teach him four four hour lessons of cocktail making, so he knows how to. He's a mixologist basically wow. now. So he knows all the basic alcohols and how to make all the proper cocktails. So that was really fun because he was – I was able to whip up all the food and he's sort of the sommelier with the wine because he's into wine and he's also into cocktails. So he's sort of the drink guy. I'm sort of the food guy. Oh, that's very fun. It is fun. So, um, okay. We have a question sent in by a fan. I'm on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Oh, this week. is live? No, it's not. This I'm just telling people who are listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Um, so there's different reward levels, and you can get behind-the-scenes content. There's uh, I do bonus episodes. There's access to a live stream that I do monthly. There's a level where you can get actual merchandise in the mail. All nice. sorts of fun stuff. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. And that is where this question came from. Um, but first, there's a little song for this segment. When we ask, we send them in, they're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our friends. Okay. Megan Parkansky would like to know, favorite cookbook besides your own, of course. Favorite cookbook? I really... There, I, can I have two answers? Yes. So I really love the Molto Mario book. Mario Batali, I worked with. So I really yeah, go you to interned his. interned at Babo, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I really like his book a lot. But there's also this book that I use not necessarily as a cookbook, but ever as a reference point. It's called The Flavor Bible, and it is incredible. It has all of the different foods, vegetables, you know, different kinds of meats and produce and everything and what goes well with them. So asparagus, you know, they write down asparagus and they write down mint and peas and mushrooms and sort of all the sort of flavor profiles. And then you have um, different kinds of sauces and things like that, which pairs with them. So it's Mm -hmm. a really great book. Probably what I use the most. Right. That sounds, that sounds amazing. Now, are there any food rules or cooking rules that you find yourself breaking a lot? I breaking. I don't. I don't think there. I don't think there are rules. In well, cooking. I'm just. 
I'm just thinking. I if- mean, I think if you know the t- tools and techniques, and you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I think I did what I did. Also, I did, one rule I did with training my kids to eat is that I didn't do the proper, you know, rice cereal. Then you do this, and you do that. You, I sort of said, you know, I'm going to expose them to at six months. I'm going to expose them to whatever. Um, and I did uh, allergies like berries and nuts and things was a little different, but I didn't do you know, the jarred baby food and the bland stuff, I started giving them lots of flavor um, as a young age. And now they're amazing eaters and they'll eat anything. Mm -hmm. So that's, I broke that rule. Uh, Are there any flavors that you don't like? Mm, I'm not big into like eggs and mayonnaise, like egg salad. But I think that's just comes from an old... uh, I don't know. Maybe when I was younger. Was there a Any, lot of... I feel like there would have been a lot of yeah, eggs out in Michigan. In, in Michigan, totally. Anything else? Anything really... Um, that you'll pick off? <laughs> I don't love like pickled fishes. Like I don't like pickled herrings. Mm. We were just in Copenhagen and I didn't love that. That was a little much for me. Uh-huh. A little too briny and a little too fishy. Yeah, have, Although I love fish. Have I've, you... How adventurous uh, are you? Like, have you had brains? Oh, and- yeah. I've had everything. I, I, I'll try it. I've duck hearts and I've had brains and tripe and, you know, intestines. And I'll, I'll try it. And if, uh, you know, it's hard to get, you know, my kids really love, this just sounds crazy, but my kids love crickets. They eat crickets as like Cheetos. Where where do they even? It's get a real them? it's a real Mexican thing. Mm-hmm. They eat them as snacks, and it's great protein. Yeah, and uh, they're they're salty and they're crunchy, and they're they're delicious. Ants like are really too? good. Ugh. Like um, sauces with ants is a very rich flavor. I wouldn't eat like a handful of dried ants, mm-hmm. but the way Mexican cultures cook with bugs. It's really inventive. I think that's sort of the where we're going. I mean, if I've everything else that. is going to be extinct. That's what I've read is that what, given what's happening on this earth <laughs> that we live on, um, we're really going to have to dig into eating bugs. For I, they're not bad. So you've they're had good. these delicious cricket Cheetos. That yeah, I haven't had like, – I've had friends that have gone to uh, – Africa and they take these big larvae and put them in the fire and then crunch down on them like Cheetos. But I can't. I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. But but other stuff like if it's seasoned well, why not? I guess. It, you have to get over the mindset. I know because that, that, that's, that's it's the thing. totally what it is. That's it's totally just the sort of like gag reflex over thinking about what it is. But yeah, my kids don't have that. Right. They'll eat oysters. They'll eat uni. They'll eat. They'll you know sea urchin. They'll eat anything fish. Um. Like periwinkles, snails, anything like that. They don't. They don't have that. That judgment mm-hmm. on food, That's bone really marrow. Good. I mean, they're they're crazy kids. But they'll it, order bone marrow at a restaurant. The waiter's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, David Burka, thank you so much. It was so fun talking with My you. Pleasure. My Everyone pleasure. Everyone should go out and get Life Is a Party. Your book. It's out now. Yeah, everywhere. it's out. It, it came out this past Tuesday. And are you now? Are you doing a book tour? Uh, this is it. This is L.A. They really don't do book tours for for cookbooks because mm-hmm. I can't really read passages. Right. But I'm doing uh, – I'm going to be at Cooking in Williams-Sonoma soon. I'll be cooking in New York again, Williams-Sonoma, and doing a bunch of TV and, and lots of you know podcasts and things. Nice. So if people want to find out more about you, where should they go? Uh, well, davidburka.com is great because with all of the crafts that are in the book, I show you how to make them. Oh, and this is another really cool thing for all the – 
for all did i talk about spotify no so um there are playlists 12 songs with each uh section of the book mm. and you can go to david burka on spotify and you can download the party playlist and it's three to four hours oh that's so cool so you can go there and listen to all the different parties that are in conjunction with the book so uh i've done it all for you so, <laughs> look at that yeah perfect um okay so i'll put a link to the book in the episode summary of this and that'll be uh, everywhere that you find the podcast and uh for more info about me go to allisonrosen.com follow me on twitter instagram etc at allison rosen i've in t-shirts ringtones um, I have a book out, all that stuff, alisonrosen.com. Thank you again for doing the show. My pleasure. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen is your new best friend.